0: to the Constructionist Podcast, and I want to ask you a question here up front. Have you pondered deeply what it means for Jesus to say, I am the way, the truth, and the life? That is a profound, profound statement of a number of profound statements that Jesus makes, but it is profound when you break it down to its constituent parts, Jesus says, I am the way, then he says, I am the truth, and then he says, I am the life. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. I've gotten to thinking about that again uh, to a degree, and I want to ponder it a bit more over the next days and weeks, I guess, among other things. But what's been pushing me in this direction, and I use this verse as sort of a catch-all verse. Um, I had a chat with a friend of mine on Saturday, and, you know, we were just sitting there. I had my son. He had his two boys, and we were chatting, and our conversation sort of got around to things of the Spirit and of the Scriptures, and he had mentioned that he sat for a time under the teaching of Leonard Ravenhill, and I've listened to Leonard Ravenhill's messages here and there uh it's been a number of years since i have and i just want to thank ron for uh reminding me of leonard ravenhill again and i went back and so today as i was sort of here and there at work and driving around and doing things where i didn't have to think too hard about what i was doing i listened to nearly two hours of a Leonard leonard ravenhill uh interview i guess it was mostly him talking it wasn't really an interview um but it it welled up back within me all that I remember him talking about in regards to prayer and in regards to uh, the scriptures and taking the scriptures seriously. And that's something that I've sort of repeated uh, here and there over the last number of years. Is And I got that from Chuck Missler way back uh, in the day, you know, 20 years ago. Uh, Chuck Missler saying to take the Bible seriously, and I've always loved that phrase to take the Bible seriously. Uh, there are issues with saying I take the Bible literally and things like that, but I I like Chuck's phrase, take the Bible seriously, because that puts a weight onto our uh, estimation of the Scriptures, onto our reading of the Scriptures, onto our application of the Scriptures when we take. The Bible seriously. Now, Leonard Ravenhill. He was uh, born in England a long time ago. <laughs> He's been dead since the 1990s. Uh, he didn't even make it into this century uh, or millennium. But he said some very difficult things. He said things that will make your flesh just recoil at the thought of it. And what really struck me was when Ron on Saturday was telling me about when Leonard Ravenhill prayed, he, he, he mentioned two times Leonard Ravenhill prayed. One time Leonard Ravenhill prayed for an hour, uh, and then, and that was after he had preached for an hour. But the other time was, uh, he told me the story of, and he witnessed this himself, about when Leonard Ravenhill prayed before Brother Andrew got up to speak. Now I don't know if you know the story of Brother Andrew. Brother Andrew is often he wrote a book, or or a book was written about him uh, a number of uh, quite a long time ago. This was during the Cold War, so this these were events that were taking place in the '60s and '70s and '80s, and um, and Brother Andrew, as far as I know, is still going. Uh, he must be very old now, and certainly in his 90s. But Brother Andrew would pack his car full of Bibles and he would drive them into communist Romania, communist Germany, communist Bulgaria. And this was back during the days where people like Richard Wormbrand were being persecuted for 14 years in prison in Romania. And out of his life came his book, uh, tortured for Christ and uh, Underground Church and some other very good books that it's worth picking up and reading and seeing what was happening in communist Russia, communist uh, Eastern Bloc countries at that time. And Richard Wormbrand's ongoing ministry, The Voice of the Martyrs and the stories that they continue to tell. So anyway, uh, Brother Andrew in God's Smuggler, he would fill his Bible, his his car full of Bibles and he would drive into these communist countries. Uh, he himself was from Holland, if I remember correctly, or the Netherlands, something like that, one of those countries. And he would pray the smuggler's prayer. He would pray, dear God, you have made seen blind eyes see. Now I pray that you would make seeing eyes blind. And he would go into these countries and he would meet people or meet up with people uh, in miraculous ways and the guards would search his car and the bibles would be right there in front of their face and they wouldn't even see these bibles. I would highly recommend reading God Smuggler if you ever get a chance. I'm sure you can find it for $2 on Amazon. Uh, It's worth a read. So I'm saying that to say that Brother Andrew was no stranger to prayer and seeing God do miraculous things through his prayer. They would drive, uh, he would often, he often would go by, he would go by himself, at least in the book he would, but then later he would go with other people. And one person would pray while the other person would interact with the guard at the border. And so you always had one person praying as they crossed over the border. And then they would get their Bibles in to people who weren't allowed to have them. I mean, these are illegal books in these countries. It's still going on. People are, um, you know, in China to this day, there's still, uh, it's illegal to have a Bible and to print Bibles. And I've read many stories of people who have tried to smuggle Bibles into China and they've had them shut down. um, Printing presses in that country and things like that. So that's not unusual, even in communist countries today. But Brother Andrew was no slouch when it came to prayer and seeing God do miraculous things. And what Ron described to me was Leonard Ravenhill praying for half an hour before, in front of everybody, a crowd of people, you know, they're there for a meeting to hear Brother Andrew speak, and uh, this would have been in the mid-80s, and... When Leonard Ravenhill was finished with his prayer, he would he sat down. I guess, and Brother Andrew came up, and Brother Andrew stood there and said, "I am speechless. I do not know how to follow that prayer." So Leonard Ravenhill left an impact on people's lives. He left an impact on uh, A. W. Tozer's life. He left an impact on who's now gone to be with the Lord, uh, Eric Ludy. You can listen to his. Uh, sermons at ellersley.com left an impact on his life uh, through his writings and that. He and I've revisited him <laughs> today, and I'm, I'm going to revisit him again in the, in the days to come. This Leonard Ravenhill chap, because he spoke about prayer and often would say, uh, Don't tell me what a man is like, I want to hear him pray. And I often wondered, What did Leonard Ravenhill pray like? And Ron gave me a first-hand testimony of Leonard Ravenhill's uh, prayer and what it would do to a person who was in the room listening to him pray. And I even said to Ron, I said, I've often wondered what Leonard Ravenhill prayed like. I didn't, I don't know. I, I never really heard a recording of him praying or anything like that. I've heard a number from sermons. And I will put a link Uh, to sermonindex.net on the show notes. And I would encourage you to go there, and it will be a link to that website where they've got lots and lots and lots of Leonard Ravenhill sermons. And I would encourage you to listen to what this guy has to say. And I will tell you right now that you will cringe and your flesh will not want to hear what Leonard Ravenhill has to say. He will challenge you to your core, and he will make you squirm, and he will make you question uh, how serious you are about your faith, and I'm just going to tell you that up front. If that's what you want to have happen to you, if you want to be challenged by this man who has gone to be with the Lord over 25 years ago, uh, if you want to be slapped and said, get up off your backside and move, then listen to Leonard Ravenhill. If you do not want to be challenged, if you do not want to grow in your faith uh, then I would suggest you do not click the link and you do not go there. Um, but what's been sort of dovetailing with that, uh, you know, I appreciate the conversation I had with Ron on Saturday. It it got me thinking again on these things, as, which is good for me. But what's gone along with that is also my studies in the minor prophets. So I'm working on a master's degree uh, and I could put a link to the school as well if you like. They specialize in biblical hermeneutics and that and the i 've been doing research now in the minor prophets on the subject of spiritual adultery and one of the things that comes up in this idea of spiritual adultery is that they have the the people of israel uh you know the prophets all prophesied in the days of the divided kingdom. So you had the southern tribes of Judah and the northern tribes of Israel and people who write commentaries on the prophets. They love to point out that this prophet was writing to the northern tribes, this one to the southern tribes, or a little bit of both, or whatever. And so you got to bear that in mind because the northern tribes of Israel, they when they split away from the southern tribe of Judah and from the house of David uh, through David's grandson Rehoboam, who kind of messed things up, But when the northern tribes split away from King Rehoboam, Jeroboam, who became the king because God made him the king of the northern tribes of Israel, instantly made two places of worship and put golden calves there. And pretty much just sort of echoed and mirrored what happened when they built, when they made the golden calf at Mount Sinai. And God had to judge them for that in the days of Moses when Moses came down off the mountain with the Ten Commandments in his hand. And he sees this golden calf and he says, what are you people doing? And he smashed the Ten Commandments right there on the spot. And then I think a bunch of people died or something. I can't remember exactly. (laughs) You go back and read it. Uh, And so Jeroboam, who was put in the place of the king of the northern tribes by God, on his own decides to make two golden calves, and he puts one in Bethel, and he puts the other one in the in the territory of Dan at the north. So one was in the south, and one was in the north of the tribes of Israel, and they never recovered from that. They never recovered. They went from worse to worse to worse, and just collapsed. And then it got really bad in the days of, uh, after the King Omri and his granddaughter Jezebel got involved under King uh, Ahab, I think, Um, things really got bad because you had an intermingling of the kings of the north and the kings of the south, and it was terrible, Uh, and then you had Queen Athaliah who came and reigned in Jerusalem for a few years, and it was just bad news, brown. So all of that is all, if you read 1st and 2nd Kings, 1st and 2nd Chronicles, uh, particularly 2nd Chronicles, try to get all that into your head. And if you really want to have fun, read 1st and 2nd Kings along with 2nd Chronicles and intersperse it in the right places with the right prophet. You know, pick up a timeline of the kings of Israel and Judah and when you read about these kings slot in the book of Micah slot in the book of Amos slot in the book of Hosea and discover what these prophets were saying during the reigns of these kings and what you'll find over and over and over again over 40 times the prophets from Isaiah all the way through to Malachi, over 40 times they say, you people have ignored the law of the Lord, you've walked away from God's commands, you have turned aside from obeying the scriptures, and this is what's happening to you. This is what's going down now. So, uh, it's a bad thing. It's a very bad thing. And one of the things that is brought up, I'm trying to understand what is it, why, So, I just read the other day that in Hebrew, there's no term for false prophet. They're just prophets. So, obviously, you have your good prophets. You got your Malachi's. You got your Haggai's. You got your Ezekiel's. You got your, you know, your Amos's. You got your good prophets. But then, you also have prophets who teach false things. And those are the bad prophets. But God still calls them prophets. And that's what's frustrating, and that's what is hard for us, I think, to get our head around sometimes, is that they are still prophets. Did they start out good at one time? Were they good prophets that just went bad, but God still calls them prophets? The gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. I mean, the the, the powers that that Lucifer had when he was the anointed cherub that covered, he still has those powers uh, and that ability and that insight. uh, He just uses it for all the wrong things. And just like Lucifer. It says, uh, you can read it in, uh, I want to say, Ezekiel 28 and Isaiah 14. Those two passages tell us what it is about Lucifer. And it says in the Ezekiel passage, I think Ezekiel 28, it says that iniquity was found within him. He just had it within him. And that's kind of what it says about these false prophets. When you read, read the minor prophets very slowly and very carefully and what you'll discover is that these guys they just they have these dreams and these visions and these words that are not from God and God says that they it just comes up from within themselves it's a very bad thing it comes from within them so iniquity was simply found within lucifer he was an angel he was the anointed cherub that covered, but he fell uh, he wanted to be like God most high, but God you cannot be like God most high unless you become like God most unless you go down the path that he sets out for us, going back to Jesus, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If we seek to go the way that Jesus points us, then we will discover the truth that Jesus is. And we will be filled with the life that comes from Him through the Spirit. And that is a glorious revelation, if you can get your head around that. So ignore uh, everything around you. And I would even dare to a certain degree say, ignore me. But don't ignore me to the degree that uh, I am speaking God's (laughs) word to you or the truth to you. I would say ignore me in the sense of... Uh, Don't say, oh, Caleb, who does that podcast called the Constructions Podcast is this fantastic guy and listen to him. No, ignore me and read the scriptures. I'm only pointing you to the scriptures. I'm not pointing you to anything else. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Leonard Ravenhill would be appalled if he heard me saying, oh, listen to him. He's this great man of God. He's got all sorts of wisdom and insight. No, he would say, read the scriptures. Read the scriptures. That's all I can say is read the scriptures. Uh, my family, we just listened to uh, a Voice of the Martyrs podcast about the chap that ended up in North Korea for about two weeks. He was detained in North Korea for about two weeks. Uh, and I can't remember his name off the top of my head. He was an Australian chap, and the interview was about his wife, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, I think. <laughs> yeah, I know that helps you a lot, doesn't it? But, um... But one of the things that she said when her husband was detained is she prayed earnestly that he would be able to keep his Bible. And he was able to keep his Bible because that was what got him through were the scriptures. And if he had his Bible, uh, she said that every day, uh, actually I think it was him that said every day, him, him and his wife read the same passages of the scripture and so that allowed them that was a habit that they had so when he was detained by the north korean government uh she knew living in hong kong that always what he was reading for the day and they were able to pray for she was able to pray for him to be uh for the strength that he needed for that day, because he, she knew what he was reading. But he, all he had was that Bible, and the Bible got him through. If you go back and listen to the podcast that I did uh, about a year ago on ISIS, uh, Imprisoned with ISIS, the story of Peter Yasek, he also was uh, able to have a Bible while he was in prison for, I want to say, just over a year Almost a year and a half he was in prison in Sudan, and he had a bible and the the scriptures are what got him through that whole scenario of being in prison falsely imprisoned there in Sudan and so it's vital that we get the Word of God in our hearts. Remember when we talked about having our mind renewed, we have our mind renewed by getting the scripture into our mind over and over and over again over and over and over again uh, in the last uh six to eight months i've really endeavored to try to get more of the scripture i read more scripture now than i used to or i listen to it if i don't have time to read it i listen to it and so this is vital for these days that we are living in your mind will not be renewed in any other way you pray and you read the scriptures you read the scriptures and you pray That's, there's no other way around it. I hate to be boringly obvious and boringly simple. And I mean, there's really nothing else to it. Ignore the 10 steps, ignore the, anyone out there who's writing whole books about how to, you know, grow in your spiritual life or whatever. I'm telling you right now, read the Bible, get it into your system. You know, when you, if you're driving in a car for 20 minutes, listen to three chapters you know, while you're driving. If you wake up early in the morning and have an extra 20 minutes, read three chapters of the Bible. Uh, and then if you're driving home 20 minutes, listen to three more chapters of the Bible. And then while you're at it, pray, 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 pray. And to uh, to discipline yourself in that, that is where you will get life and truth and you'll be able to see things as God sees it. Listen to Leonard Ravenhill. I'll put a link uh, in the, on the page for this kind of stuff. You can go straight to that and listen to him. I highly encourage it. God bless you. Thank you, Ron, for for um, sparking my, my uh, desire to learn about these things again. And God bless you all. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. If you were challenged and encouraged by what you heard today, please feel free to share it with any friends or family you like. You're welcome to email us at calebtheelectrician at gmail.com that's calebtheelectrician at gmail.com and remember to leave a comment at itunes spotify or anywhere that you listen to podcasts